Hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Christina. We're two sisters who started our own separate businesses, and we have now come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, we will share practical business tips that we have learned along the way. We're also ready to dive deep and help you feel less alone as we chat all about navigating running a business while also running a household. So grab a drink and join our sisterhood as we discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. Okay, welcome to Small Business Sisters. Um, Thank you so much for listening to our last two episodes. We're super excited um, to keep recording. And today we're going to get into the nitty gritty and really start talking real life. And um, we're going to be talking about our mental health and how it affects our small business. But even if you do not have a small business, I think that you might benefit from hearing a little bit about our our real life mind mind games that our minds play uh but first we got some feedback that our voices sound very similar to each other so we're going to start off just by saying who's talking so that the whole podcast you can track who's talking when so i'm christina the one talking now hi everybody i'm jenny (laughs) and christina is usually the one Plowing through the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. I listened to the other podcast. I was like, Christina, give a chance, (laughs) give Jenny a chance to talk. I loved it. I am the extrovert. Jenny's the introvert. So I think I'm used to filling in her gaps. And she just lets me. (laughs) That's right. I do. I like to listen. I'm going to practice that. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, everybody, for listening. We're having a lot of fun doing this and hearing from you. Um, and just showing up in this like real raw way because we really don't have a plan. I mean, we kind of do. Like even today, we know what we're going to talk about, but we just wanted to bring you in on the conversation. Um, Like we talked about last time where Christy and I just call each other a lot and talk about this stuff. So that's what we're going to do. So today we're talking about, um, we shared last time how we both have specific a diagnosis, each of us, for mental health. And my journey has been with anxiety. I have my first memories of anxiety when I was five. I um, I would get very panicked that somebody I loved or myself was going to die or like some disaster was going to happen at any time. And, I, and that's how... Um, even as an adult, that sums up my anxiety a lot is that I'm just always ready for something, some catastrophe, like always. It can be like little minor things that you'll hear me talk about in my business, or it can be like actually thinking someone's going to die at any moment. So <laughs> I hold that a lot in my brain. And it's, if you have experienced experienced anxiety, you know that it's just a lot to hold. And so I have found tools that have helped me um, kind of navigate through that. And the biggest one is just talking to other people. So even doing this with you and bringing, shedding light on this subject is so healing to me. So thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> and not to make light of the situation, but we used to drive from Texas to Illinois a lot and you cross really big rivers. And so I remember <laughs> driving with Jenny and she'd be like, okay, in case our car falls <laughs> off the bridge, here is our escape plan. And at the time she had really, really little kids and she talked about like getting out of them out of their car seats and stuff. So 
And I think yeah. being little sister to that, I just was always like, all right, she's prepared. I know. I actually have a great, I'm my good. aunt gave me for Christmas one year. It was like the best gift. She gave me a <laughs> seatbelt cutting tool <laughs> to keep in my car so I can cut my seatbelt out. But that is like, yeah, we don't mean to make light of that because it is on some level. I know it is funny, but I really do think like that. Like I'm ready for something to go wrong all the time. And that can just um, get to get to be a lot to hold on your own. So it's good to talk about it. Um, and Christine is a good sounding board for me <laughs> when I tell her these things. So I just thought up, so how we're going to do it today is I'm just going to share with you four things that come up in my business um, with my anxiety and four tools that I use to help that. And then Christina will share um, four ways her ADD shows up, or not exactly four, but ways her ADD shows up and then how she helps navigate through that. So. Um, one of the major thoughts I have a lot is like, I was just saying, if something goes wrong, like I'm always ready for something to go wrong. So (laughs) anytime I see an email come through or a message or like a review, my brain immediately thinks it's bad and something went wrong and it's something, um, I have to fix and I never assume it's good. And I've done a lot of work on that with coaching and therapy is like, why don't I ever think it's going to be good? But I know my wiring is to assume it's bad. So that's that's like one tool right there is I know, I tell myself, okay, I know my brain is going to think it's bad right away. So like observing that I already think like that helps me. Um, something that, so my, my anxiety is in the OCD spectrum. So like my panic will show up and I'll do things over and over again to try to, tap the panic. So one thing this fall that was getting to me a lot is so candle jar candles, when you pour them, the tops um, sometimes don't always harden and smooth. So you candle makers sometimes will take like a heat gun and go over it or um, do different things to like smooth the tops. Well, I was like so panicked that my customers were going to get mad that the tops weren't smooth. So I would do them like sometimes five and six times over like you remelt them, let them harden, remelt them. Like so much so it was taking me hours. Um, I was just going to say that's a lot of time. And I would be like, there's like a perfectionism piece in it, which showed up a lot for me growing up is that I couldn't get it wrong. I couldn't fail. I had to do it right because there's some like fear of getting in trouble or getting caught or like getting called out for it not being perfect. <laughs> so I, that was so bad. Like it got so bad. I had a session with, I go to, um, a, I go to a therapist and I go to a life coach and the life coach helps me a lot with business stuff. Uh, Tammy Helfrich coaching, I highly recommend her. And she, um, worked with me a lot on that and helped me her work is a lot of thought work where your thoughts create your feelings. So if you can get to the root of what your thought is and change the thought, then it's going to change how you're feeling. So with that one, um, so when I think, okay, something's going to go wrong, somebody's not going to be happy, going to get a bad review. The thought that now she's helped me say is, this is what I say to myself. I say, I create the experience. So I create, I know I have standards for good candles, my packaging, um, my note to the customer. I create that experience, but it's not my responsibility if the 
customer has that experience. So Mm -hmm. that helped me so much to like release that and know, okay, I'm doing my part. I'm creating this Mm -hmm. experience, but then I'm not responsible to carry everyone else's experience with it. But that's hard. That's hard because with a big box store, for instance, they have a customer service uh, team that handles that. And it's, it feels a little bit heavier, I think, when you're in charge of your own customer service. And when someone reaches out or complains or something, it's actually against your... You. Item that <laughs> you, yeah. Like <laughs> your item that you created and made and spent time to do. And so like, it's... I know that you do... Um, struggle with anxiety, but there is that element of that is a really hard concept to take in, even when you don't, I think the difference might be, and we can talk about this when we get to ADD, but I think the difference between you and I, that I don't struggle with the anxious piece is I hate reading those things either, but I don't expect it when I see it. And then I don't, um, I don't really dwell on it for that long. And so I think that might be the difference in the piece. Cause it's still hard to hear like any yeah. sort of criticism. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's like the part of, okay, so here's the fact someone is unhappy, but then you don't need to internalize that and like, I am a terrible person for making this person unhappy. And so I know that's hard for me. So actually just hearing you talk made me think of another thing that helps me is I think we're life surrounds us with people that are really good for us. So for example, you, for me, or my husband, Michael, is especially good at, like, he just doesn't care. He is like, okay, like, I would be in tears to handle this bad review, but he would be like, here are the facts. For your, like, yeah. Thank you for your feedback. I hope you buy again. <laughs> yeah, like, he would, like, fix the problem, but also not bring the emotion into it and so he I did like around Christmas time when it gets crazy with orders I brought Michael in a lot to help me respond to emails or even just to bounce off this stuff where I'm like I'm freaking out because this person said this and um it's just good to have people around you that maybe are stronger in so like he he's stronger you're you're stronger than me in like taking someone's feedback and being kind back, but also like setting a boundary of where you're not letting that tear you down inside. So yeah, surround yourself, find somebody because I'm sure there is somebody in your life that can help you in those parts where like, you know, you're just susceptible to being a little bit um, not as strong. So that helps me. Another thought I have a lot, let me look at my notes. Um, It's really hard (laughs) for me when people unsubscribe from my emails or unfollow me. Like, again, that kind of goes to what I said a little bit ago. I've done a lot of work around, like, people don't have to like me. And I like, that's even really hard for me to say, but it doesn't, there, I've done Uh, explored like what it means to have a target market and so you don't want everybody if you're if everybody's liking you then you're not speaking to your customer base that needs your product to solve their problem so like I've had to um just kind of reframe that thinking of okay so if someone unsubscribes like this actually just happened this morning because I sent a newsletter yesterday and I got the I need to figure out how not to get the reports when people unsubscribe, but I got the report of like this person unsubscribed. Um, 
I actually didn't, sometimes they can give reasons and I don't like that either. Um, but <laughs> she just said, uh, no longer interested. And I was like, okay, I, I felt myself start to spiral in like, you're not good enough. You're not keeping these people around. You're doing something that people actually took time to say, I don't want this and I'm not interested. And so I started to spiral and then I had to pull myself back and be like, okay, what if this is a busy, like, career person who she's getting a ton of emails she's just trying to like reframe her email inbox it wasn't a personal attack against me maybe she's having like reactions to scent or she had COVID and can't smell anymore and doesn't want candles so I just had to like sometimes it's okay I think there there can be a bad part to creating stories but just like flipping the story of what your brain automatically tells you it That's is so really helpful that I did that. And where I was like, you know, it could be so many things. It does not mean, mean, need to mean anything about me personally. So, um, that helps me trying to flip the narrative. And then on social media, like if people, if things are bringing you down, when you see it, just mute them. Like I've done that a lot where I don't unfollow people, but I'll just mute them. Cause I can tell it's not having a great effect on, um, my mental state. And so I just meet people. Um, another thing is I'll, I'll have a lot of like racing thoughts and feelings of imposter syndrome, like fear of like, what if this all falls apart? That's so funny. Cause I have a marketing coach too, Miranda, uh, marketing from the uninhibited. And she works with me each month on my numbers. And she's always like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like looking at my numbers. And I'm always like, yeah, but what if like next month that none of it's there? (laughs) (laughs) And like, I know she tries to get me to celebrate so much. And I'm always like, yeah, but at any moment. (laughs) Yeah. It's that being prepared for the worst case scenario. Yeah. And so she's learned, she's discovered who I am along the way. And so knows how to work with me on that. But, um, so a thought I have about that is when I start to think like, oh my gosh, this could all fall apart anytime or somebody's candle is going to burn down their house and I'm in it sued and lose everything. Um, I try to go back to listing out facts again, instead of like, cause I operate so much in my feelings and fears that I have to go back to facts. And so facts about that is uh, I have insurance. That's why candle makers have insurance. Cause then they, people cannot sue just you. It would be your business. And so sure. It would not be good. Uh, it would be a big hit on your business, but you have insurance to protect yourself from that. And then something like super practical that I tell myself in all situations, even like personally or um, anything, I say I always know what to do when something goes wrong or someone close to me knows what to do. Like I'll say that to myself when I'm even having my intent. So I get really intense panic attacks at night of like. I can see my boys dying or see like terrible things happening and I can't stop it. So like fires or explosions and I have. The 4th have, of July is not fun Yeah, 4th of July is not fun. Especially after you told me that terrible story. Oh, well, don't <laughs> say that <laughs> on the podcast. I know. <laughs> I like, I, I will always think of anything that can go wrong, but 
I always know, like I think back on my life, whenever bad things have happened, I always know what to do or someone close to me knows what to do or how to figure out. Like I'm not going to ever, ever have to navigate any of this on my own. I think that's what anxiety tells you is like you're all by yourself and everything's terrible and you have to do it all. But in reality, like we live life together and I would never, ever go through something all by myself, something terrible all by myself like this is terrible but like if one of my boys died I would never have to walk through all that by myself and I think that when you're living with anxiety or when you're inside the anxiety it tells you like this is it and this is the end and you can't get out and and it's like a it's like fight or flight where you would you would either fight or flight you wouldn't just like lay there and die Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like Jenny, that's Jenny's I, oldest is about to start driving too. So I feel like this will be amplified, but you have such a good match in Michael that. Right. Right. Like, cause he, he can tell me facts. And like, I always know, like he would never abandon me to just figure this out on my own. You would never abandon me to figure I'd it be out. in Chicago the next I know. day. <laughs> well, I mean, like. Yeah, my house and move I, up there. Yeah, so I think that in my business too, when I start to go to a very negative place, I don't try to rush myself out of the negative place because I feel like that does more damage than good. Like that's like inside out in the movie. Like there is a point to the sadness. It teaches yeah. you something, but you can um, like feel what it's teaching you and then move on. And I can always rest in those facts that I know that mm-hmm. I'm not alone I know what to do and I have people around me that know what to do. So that helps me. And then I just wanted to share, there are some things you can do in your daily life to just help when you're feeling anxious. And these are, it's going to be different for everybody. You just have to find what like gives you a sense of calm and then make a habit of doing that every day. So the things that help me have a sense of calm or rest is, I get up early. I like to just have time by myself. I For a season of life, I would do that at night when I had young kids and they would all go to sleep. But now that they're older, like it really works for me to just get up early and be by myself. And I don't have an agenda for that time. I just sit by myself. I do make coffee. <laughs> I do that every morning, but I just sit there and there's something about sitting in stillness and my body like knows I'm just sitting there and it's good. It's like, it's all coming back to wholeness. Um, I really like to write down my anxieties because it's physically getting it out of my head. And there's something about that, whether you call it journaling or just like writing words, like getting it out of my head feels like, okay, it's on the paper now. So now I don't have to like keep carrying that. So that helps me. And I really do like going back throughout the year and looking at some of that because then I can see like, oh my gosh, yeah, remember I felt like that. And now look how I feel now in that whole situation felt like such a big deal and it's not a big deal anymore. So that helps me. Um, planning out my day helps like in a planner because then I know like, okay, I've written down what I have to do. So if I don't do it, I can just move it to the next day tomorrow. I know I'm not forgetting anything. Um, and something that I just discovered that's really helping me is finding a hobby that's not part of my business. So I decided I wanted to start a flower garden this year. So I did that because it has nothing to do with my business. I'm not going to sell flowers. I just like like to create stuff. So it's something I really like growing plants. And that's magical to me that like, 
plant life just grows and it looks beautiful. And then uh, my puppy dug it all up and ate it. So then I replanted my whole garden, but it's blooming this week. And I just feel like, oh my gosh, I did that. And it feels really good to just have a hobby. So that's, that's how I help my anxiety. What practical tips. And I love (laughs) like, I know um, Jenny shared this, but like, I think she shared it last week or the week before that her anxiety is ongoing. She doesn't think there she'll ever figure it out, but you just kind of take one day at a time and. Yeah. You just, I, I think it's more like, okay, so I have anxiety and you figure out how it lives with you. And like an, an analogy I've heard that I like to use is like, just keep it in the passenger seat of your car. So it's like there and you're observing it, but you don't ever let it get in the driver's seat or it can wreak havoc. So those are the ways I do that. And so I just encourage you to find what works for you. And there have been times where I've done medication because that is what I needed at that time. I gone to talk therapy. I've gone to counseling coaching. I have done acupuncture. I obviously I love scents and how that affects your mood. So I do a lot of lavender. Um, but yeah, you just have to find what works for you. And then when it stops working, try something new. So each season it's a little bit different for me, but there's always something. It's, it's funny how so much uh, crosses between your anxiety and my ADD. As you're talking, I'm like, oh, those actually crisscross, but the motive or the uh, reason why behind it is so different. Yeah, um, Y'all can't see, but Jenny and I are on video and you can so clearly tell that my mental health is <laughs> ADD because I cannot just like stare at her on the video. I've been like touching my mic and writing on my phone. I cannot oh. sit still. Oh, um, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to tell us the like kind of how you figured out you had IDD or like, yes. And I will say a diagnosis really helped me not feel weird or yes. alone um, because I did not uh, get diagnosed until I was 28. So um, I talking to my parents, there was definitely always suspicion that uh, I had an issue with attention. <laughs> um, I did really well in school, which is why my mom says the doctor never pushed medication or actually diagnosed me. Um, but when I got to college, which I think we'll probably do an episode about this too. When I got to college, I did not do well in college. I, to this day, you put a test in front of me and I get so lost in the test questions. It's actually really embarrassing how lost I get. Um, I had to take a test when I was in children's ministry to be with children and was getting so lost in the questions. I was like, I'm going to fail this test to be able to be with kids because I didn't <laughs> understand what they were asking. And, um, I didn't do well in college. We'll do a whole episode about that and, um, how we got to where we are today, but I didn't do well in college. So knew like, I really wanted a diagnosis because I was like, otherwise I'm just not good at school. And so, um, got married had the babies and having babies made my mind worse. Um, Especially when all three of them started talking to me 
So probably when Oliver was two and they could all talk to me at the same time, I, it felt like my mind, my brain was like jostling in my head. I don't know how to explain it, except that I could not for the life of me pick one of them to focus on. And it was very frustrating. And I remember spending a lot of days in tears because I just could not tell my brain focus. And, um, I started sewing around that time and in the middle of a sewing project, sewing was something I loved to do. It was my quote unquote mindless thing to do when my kids were little. And I would be in the middle of a sewing project, like making a tote or something and be like, Oh my goodness, I forgot. I have to email. So-and-so literally pause my machine, turn to my computer and start emailing. And that just started happening over and over again, where I was like, okay, it's not just school. I cannot focus. And so I found a local doctor and that can be another frustration because they don't always listen to you. A lot of it was blamed on me being a young mom, a mom of young kids. And I was like, no, 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 that's not it. Like this is, uh, this is something else. And so they just happened to have a psychologist in their office the next day. She was like, well, why don't you just come get tested? Um, and so I did and got a, paper in the next couple of weeks that said patient has a strong, like, I don't think they ever say like, she is ADD. It's like, <laughs> she has a strong, I forget the exact wordage, but it is very probable that she has attention <laughs> deficit. And, um, it was a relief. Like I still have that yeah. paper. I keep it in my, my drawers because it was a relief to know, like something isn't wrong with me. It's literally my brain that cannot. Yes. And to have like a name for it, I feel yeah, and so freeing. Yes, it really is. And so when I was 28, I got diagnosed and because I was out of school and all of that, we decided not to do medication. Uh, There might be a day where I decide I need medication, but that's kind of a, I don't know. I get different opinions and different feedback, but as of right now, I'm able to manage enough that I don't need it. Some days I wish I did because like the other day, I just get sidetracked and get nothing done on my to-do list and get really frustrated with myself. And so there are some days I wish that I did have medication, but as of right now with my therapist, we're kind of deciding together. And as of right now I can manage and I, uh, but that's, what's funny about how you were saying with anxiety, that kind of crisscrosses of like medication could be an answer for me, but right now, like I'm doing other things to manage it and I'm not opposed to medication. It's just not something I'm doing right this second. Um, but anyways, that's how I found out I had ADD. And like I said, it was very freeing. Um, but I'm so glad I'm in a craft that uses, uh, my hands because, and not testing or something like that, because I feel like that's been a really big relief to me. I actually, my sewing machines break, uh, because I use them so much. I have to keep up with them and keep maintaining them. And so I've been watching YouTube to actually put the machines back together. And I told my husband last week, actually, cause I've done it now several times and I do a good job, but I was <laughs> like, job. I know I, but I tell him, I'm like, it give me a written test of how to fix the sewing machine. And I would <laughs> completely fail, but give me hands on. And so Oh, I could just go off about school and being all about testing, but I'm, I'm just so grateful that I do something with my hands because I do feel like I'm good at that. And for so long, I felt like I wasn't good at things because of my mind. And so 
obviously with running a business, there's a lot of stuff you have to do. Uh, so I can get very lost. <laughs> and if I don't stay on task, it's just not good. And so I, like you, I have used a life coach, Adina Ramsey. So we'll just shout them all out. I know. <laughs> Follow them all. Yes. Adina Ramsey. She is very task oriented, which was very helpful for me because I'm just not. I Not only am I people oriented, but task oriented mixed with my ADD. When you talk about writing your list down, Jen, which is one of my actual tips of help, but it's funny because writing a list down is fine, but I won't ever go check it because in my head, I know I'm not going to get everything done and that overwhelms me. And so I just don't write one, even like a grocery list. I know that I'm going to forget something. So I'm just not going to write it down. It makes zero sense. No, I actually, that's so fascinating. And I love that you shared that because like, that makes sense that because we are built so different that like mine is panic that it's not going to get done. So I write it and somehow that gives me like power that it will get done. And you're panicked that I'll, if I write it, then I won't do it. So then it won't get done. Uh, I just love that. I love how everybody's so different. Yes. And so you, Jenny can see, cause I'm on video, but one thing that has helped me is sticky notes. Um, I yeah, do a I lot like on my phone digitally because it's always with me, but I've found that writing something down on a sticky note and sticking on my office wall, there's some like great feeling of taking it and throwing it in the trash. Yes. <laughs> and I know so some pretty. people love like, some people love like taking a huge old Sharpie and crossing <laughs> off the to-do list. But mine is like grabbing that sticky and throwing it in the trash. But like I said, on the overwhelming days where I feel like I'm going to get nothing done, I just cover my eyes and don't even look at the sticky notes. So I don't know how helpful they are, but jotting it down, putting it on. I love how you said, once you have it on paper, you can let that go in your head. And I wish I thought that way because I'll just constantly think about it and be like, well, I probably won't even get it done anyways. Um, But I love, Adina gave me that advice too, just like you said, but if you don't get it done, move it to the next day. And that's such practical advice. I don't know why I can't get it up. Another thing that's helpful for to me to me is my notes app. So if you don't have sticky notes, oh my goodness. If you saw my notes app, you would <laughs> I'm talking about 80. I wish you guys could have just seen that because you know like kids. frantically <laughs> waving one of her kids out of the room. <laughs> oh my lands oh, my notes app. <laughs> my notes app, if you could see it, it my notes app gives you a very good look into my brain and how scattered it is. My husband will joke and be like, I don't know how you got to that point of the story. And I can connect every dot of how I got there. But my notes app is very much like that. I'll just sporadically write something. And a lot of those go to um, what I'm going to write on social media or whatever. But that's where I kind of brain dump. I, uh-huh. I would call it journaling. Kind of like you said, some people call it journaling. I would brain dump there and I can reference it later. Um, my reminders app has been super helpful. So that's yes, what my husband I told me to do. That. And he told me the reminders app, he's like, and you have to put a date and time. Um, because you're, it will constantly remind you, like you have to do this. And that's been really, really helpful because I'll write something. Uh, somebody will text me, uh, which I'm trying to field everyone to my Etsy shop just because 
I am ADD. And if you text me something, I will read it and forget and not yes. do it. Yeah. And, and just so on I, a counting level, that's so helpful. I would do that too. Like get it all in one place. Yeah. And someone will text me and be, be like, Hey, what fabrics do you have for this option? And so I'll go to my reminders app immediately and write, send Sarah fabric swatches and put in the reminders app. And that way it's there. Even if I'm out with my family and they text me about that, at least I won't forget. And then that next Monday or whenever I start work again, I have that item list to do Mm -hmm. for work that I can. And then I follow through because I also don't like feeling like I don't follow through with people, which happens a lot um, because of my ADD. And it's not because they're not important or like, I don't care. It's that I literally forget. And so writing it down in my reminders app is super helpful. Um, And then the last thing that's been like busting out the door is helpful is from Adina Ramsey as well. I did a one-on-one with her to figure out block scheduling which has really helped summer. It's kind of thrown off a bit because my kids are home, but in, she walked through my whole calendar with me and realigned my priorities and helped me pick on these days. I do this and this and this, and, and doing the block scheduling is helpful because if I focus, let's say on a Monday, I know from 10 to noon, I'm only making pockets. I'm not cutting fabric. I'm not actually sewing pockets. I'm folding the pack, the pockets that helps me stay on task because I know, okay, at 12, whatever I've gotten done from that, I've gotten done. And I move on to planning out social media or whatever the next hour of block scheduling has for my day. And so, and that goes into my family time too, of, I know I have from seven to 9 PM blocked out to be with Tyler or whatever. So I will not do any work during that time because it's really easy working from your phone and computer you have to send those set those boundaries, especially when you have a mind like mine that's very like, oh, I need to answer this right now because I will forget. It's uh, that's what my notes or reminders app has been really helpful for. But blocking that time, knowing like I don't look at my Etsy messages during this time because I want to be super focused on that when I actually am. So yeah, those things really have helped. And I started counseling just a few months ago. And that's really helpful to me too. just being able to, a lot of times I have so many thoughts rambling in my head. That's a, that's a lot of the reason why I can't focus on when people are actually talking to me or my kids are talking to me. And so being able to just blab for an hour a week with her and get a lot of those thoughts out, or she has me journaling a lot that really clears my mind to be able to focus on who's in front of me, what's in front of me. My friends are really, really patient with me and know that I have ADD. Again, a reason I love that I have a diagnosis um, because they're very patient when I'm like, I know you just, like I'm looking at them and they're talking to me. I'm like, I have no idea what you just said because I wasn't, my mind just wasn't engaged. And I feel really bad doing that. And most of the time I can control it. Sometimes I can't. So Oh, I think that's so good though. That's like, there's so much power in speaking and honesty that that's like breaking so many barriers. I like that, that you're, you're being like totally honest and then they're able to have compassion for that. I feel like that's really good. Well, and my, my kid, my poor children. So, so far, none of them have genetically gotten ADD that I know of, but the first day of summer, 
they were all talking to me at one time. And that's very, it's hard not to go to the anger stage just because it is overwhelming for my brain that I like freak out. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so my husband got me AirPods, which I'm wearing right now, which is really helpful. If I need to focus, I put the AirPods in and do noise cancellation just because that does, it kind of helps my brain not feel jostled. Like I was talking about in the beginning, but the first day of summer, all of them were talking to me about something. And I like turned to them and I was like, boys, I have attention deficit disorder. (laughs) My brain cannot choose which of you to talk to me. So you're going to have to like wait for the next part, which they are the age where they can learn. Okay. He's done talking. Now it's my turn. They're not toddlers. They're old. And so, but that was how we started our summer. (laughs) But that even that is so good because you're helping them even understand you know, I think it's just so good when people are honest and real. I think that's going to help our kids to be yeah. better humans. Well, and I hope it helps high schoolers. I don't want anybody to, and you probably feel the same way with your anxiety. I don't want anybody, specifically kids in school. That's why I say the youth to feel like they're stupid or they're dumb because I felt that way. I felt yeah. stupid and I felt dumb. And the reality was I wasn't. I think our society mold school into a way that you, to be able to be quote unquote successful, you have to be able to sit still and take tests. Right. Um, I think that a lot of that is changing, but I just don't want anybody to feel like they're, I feel like I've, especially I've thrived with my business and that makes me feel really good only because I didn't think I would be good at something. So I just want anybody listening who feels that way to know that a lot of people have mental health issues and you can't like, it doesn't mean that you're not good at life or you're not good at business or you're not good at being a friend. Um, It's growing, using those and finding tools that help you grow. And then I love thinking of it helping people. Yeah. Cause yes, I, I want people to know they're not alone. And same, I wish I could speak to myself as a teenager and be like, you're not crazy. This is a thing and you're not alone. And there are people to help you uh, go through it. So I think I'm glad we talked about this because I feel like we do have successful businesses, but it doesn't mean we have it all together or that we've like figured out some magic solution. Like we're, we're daily walking through this. We're helping our kids walk through it and see what it's like so that I think kids, especially you just think adults or parents like know everything. Like one day you will just turn into this adult that knows everything. And so I think we are doing a service to them by telling them like, no, actually we're a mess too. We're still still figuring it out. And then they have permission to be human. So I, I like that. And I think that we are more kind and compassionate to our younger versions of ourselves. And so one thing my counselor had me do a couple of weeks ago, and it was a very emotional process. But for those of you that aren't in counseling, one thing you can do is like close your eyes and talk to your teenage self and tell them like how you've healed and like what you've grown in. And it was a very emotional thing for me to go through. But um, if you give yourself permission to go there and 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 tell yourself, your your teenage self because you have more empathy and compassion for you, your 12 year old self than you do your however old self you are oh, um, I love that 
I know, but because it's do. like still, she's still in there. I don't know. That feels so magical to me. Like we're, <laughs> we're still like five-year-old Jenny's still in there. And so is 13-year-old. And like, we're all yes. working together. But it is, it's, it's emotional to do that. But I encourage <laughs> yeah. anybody who wants to start healing to do that because it was very therapeutic for me to yeah. go back and tell her, like, I've learned a lot of not having to, that how you were talking about sitting in your sadness and being okay with that. And that's been a learning process for me. And so going back and telling 12 year old Christina, like, it's okay to be sad. Like you can be sad. And so I hope that our stories help you. If you have, we know that there's even more out there that we didn't, we didn't cover it, but we just don't want anybody to feel alone. And so we would encourage you to reach out to us. If you want to, we are in our DMS and we, um, I love, I I also struggle with an eating disorder, which we'll probably talk about one episode, but I love when I talk about that on my business page and people reach out via DM, just because one, it's nice to know you're not alone, but two, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just easier. It is. (laughs) So feel free to reach out to us or we encourage you to find a local counselor, a therapist. There's a lot of free resources out there as well. because especially if you own a small business or you're going through motherhood or um, you have gone through a tragedy, like life is hard and having mental issue, mental health awareness on top of that is really, it just can be all really make you feel below water. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, a like lot. yeah, just trying to come up for air. I think is the phrase I was looking for. <laughs> below yeah, water. I, I like I like below water, and I feel like knowing that someone is in there swimming in the water. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're not alone. It's so good. I like imagining Christina with me in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.